Thank you for joining us for this podcast from the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ in Haleyville, Alabama. We hope that you will subscribe and will share our podcast with others. Now, we take you to the pulpit of the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. All right, well, it's good to uh, be ready to dive into the Word of God this morning. I want you to, want to encourage you to have your Bibles right there with you, whether it be your paper Bible or your digital Bible, or as I also like to say, your sword or your lightsaber. So get those out and turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Well, or Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to be in chapter 4 and chapter 5 today as we get into our lesson together. You know, some... Some sermons are a whole lot easier to preach than others. Some sermons about the character of God and about His love and His faithfulness and His awesome power and His forgiveness, they're so easy to preach because they make us feel good. But then we get into sermons like from today's text that deal with our own personal struggles, that deal with the sin that we struggle with. And those sermons are a little more, they're a little more touchy because they are personal. Because they do kind of step on our toes and it's hard sometimes to really want to dig into those things. But that's one of the benefits of taking a book of the Bible and reading all the way through it or studying all the way through it together in this type of format because it forces you, it forces you to get a complete picture of God's Word, of not just the great feel-good stuff, but of the challenging stuff as well. And that's where we find ourselves today. But at the same time, one of the difficult things is that it's easy to get bogged down in the sin issue of passages such as today's text, to get focused on, on, on the negative instead of on God, instead of on His power to cleanse us, instead of the victory that comes from God. And it's easy to get focused on the discouragement of the moment instead of the hope of tomorrow. And so as we get into our passage today, I want to remind you of a couple of things. The first is this. As children of God, as believers in Christ, God has given us an incredible gift. That is the gift of complete forgiveness. And as children of God, as baptized Christians, we can find that forgiveness over and over that complete forgiveness through repentance and confession. But the second thing is this, that God has given us power through His indwelling Spirit to live holy lives and to see the sin defeated within us. We are no longer slaves to sin, as we've talked about over and over. And so I want you to remember that as we get into our passage today. Now, before we read our Scripture reading for the day, I want to remind you of what we talked about last week. Last week, we talked about the idea of, of changing your clothes, of, of putting off some things, putting off your old self, which is being corrupted in its deceitful desire. He says, be made new with a new attitude in mind and put on the new self, which is created like God in true righteousness and holiness. So last week, he gave us this image of as Christians, when we are baptized and we come up and walk this new life, that there are certain things in our life that we have to change, that we have to do differently. And today, as we get into today's text, he's going to get a little more personal of the things that we have to put off, the things that need to go away in our life. And that is a very big part of who we are. We are Our identity is based on changing in Christ, and we need to know that and understand that. So join with me as we begin in our text of Ephesians chapter 4. 
starting in verse 25, and then we're going to read through chapter 5 and verse 2. Then we're going to break some of this down and talk about it together. It says, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive each other, just as Christ forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. What an amazing and beautiful passage. Now, let's, let's begin to break it down. And let's look at the things that we need to put off in our life and why we need to do that this morning. So the first thing he mentions back in verse 25 is to put off falsehood. To put off falsehood. And he says you need to replace it uh, with speaking truthfully to your neighbors. And he gives us a specific reason of why we need to do that. He says, because we are all members of one body. Now, let me ask you a question. I want you to think real serious about it. And I'm going to ask it in a couple of different ways. Do you think lying is a sin? Do you think lying is a sin? And I think all of us would very quickly go, well, yes, lying's a sin. Do you really hate it the way that God hates it? That makes it a little more serious, doesn't it? I believe this one sin is a sin that we tend to tolerate in ourselves. We diminish its importance and downplay its significance. We think that it's really not that big of a deal sometimes. We think it's okay maybe to exaggerate a story if it makes us look better. You know, the old adage of, I caught a fish this big, but the more times I tell the story, that fish gets bigger and bigger. We think it's okay to exaggerate sometimes. We think it's okay to lie if it keeps us from getting in trouble maybe. Or maybe it's okay to lie if it's easier to lie than tell the truth because the truth might hurt someone's feelings. <coughs> but those are all wrong. Lying is a sin. Lying is devastating. Lies breed falsehood instead of truth, deceit instead of integrity, dishonesty instead of honesty. Falsehood and deceit and dishonesty keep us from knowing God better. <coughs> now, as I was reflecting on this in this past week, I came to the understanding of how lying truly is a significant issue in the Christian community and what it can do. And I think the most frequent lie that we tell is really a lie about ourselves. And what I mean by that is we give this false image of who we are and we portray this image to others so that maybe we'll be more accepted, so maybe we can fit in. We wear our church mask, as you've heard me talk about before. But in doing that, we create an environment for ourselves to where we feel empty. We create an environment for ourselves where we feel like maybe no one knows who we really are. And that destroys community. 
It destroys authentic relationships in the body. It's, it's a falseness. It's a lie. We're all fellow strugglers. None of us really have it together, even though we want everybody to think that we do. And Paul says the reason we need to do this, the reason we need to be honest and truthful with each other is because we're all members of one body. We're all members of one body. Yet what we do so many times is say we're a finger, okay? And our finger gets cut off. And our head looks down at our finger and goes, oh, what happened? And our hand goes, oh, nothing. Don't worry about it. And instead of healing, we live a life of suffering. Let's make it a goal as a church family to not lie to each other, to not be deceitful, to be honest with who we are, with where we are, with what we're struggling with, with what we're rejoicing in. And let's create an authentic relationship amongst our church family. That is so important for us as a body of Christ. Now, the second thing he talks about in verses 26 through 27, he says, put off anger. Put off anger. Now, let's go back and look at this because there's some things I want to point out about it. Verse 26, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not let the devil have a foothold. Now, it's interesting to me that anger is not... First and foremost, anger is an emotion. Anger can lead to angry actions, but anger first and foremost is an emotion. And he doesn't say, don't have the emotion. He doesn't say, don't be angry. He, he acknowledges the fact that anger is something that we're going to feel. Anger is something we're going to experience. Anger is a real thing that we have within us. So what does he say? He says, in your anger, do not sin. In your anger, do not sin. Don't let your anger control who you are. Make sure you control it. Now, I'm generally not an angry person, but you put me in a checkout line at Walmart with a slow checker, with a slow cashier, and I'm liable to let off a string of sarcastic comments while we're standing there. And you may think, well, there's nothing really wrong with that, Matthew. You know, I mean, hey, what does that do? But what does that show my children? That I can't control the emotions within myself. And the reason that's important is because of what verse 27 says. It says, don't give the devil a foothold. The New American Standard there says, don't give the devil an opportunity. And I really like that. Paul is warning us that our sin here specifically harboring anger, opens the door and cracks it for the devil so that he can come in and wreak havoc in our lives and not just in our lives, in our church as well. When we don't deal properly with our feelings of anger, several things can happen. Some people lash out cruelly to others around them, usually a spouse or a child or other close family members. Other people repress their anger and they squish it down inside and they pretend that it doesn't exist. But then again, it kind of seeps out over the edges in depression or just kind of a sour attitude or outlook on life. It's a state of being easily annoyed and just kind of genuinely unhappy. And it robs us of the joy and excitement and the freedom that comes through our life with God. Anger also destroys community. It drives wedges and creates hurt feelings and dislike among our family members. 
feelings that are strong, that if we're not careful, last a lifetime and create dangerous undercurrents in the church if we don't deal with them. Now, at the risk of oversimplifying this issue, I want to say one more thing about it, about dealing with it. If it's something you struggle with, you need to surrender that to God. We need to bring every area of our life to God and ask Him to be Lord of all and to cleanse it from us and to take it away. But if you struggle with anger, please give that to God so that you can enjoy the peace and the patience and the self-control that comes from the Holy Spirit. He says, don't let the sun go down while you are still angry and deal with those things immediately. Take that to heart if this is something you struggle with and put it off today. The third thing he says in verse 28 is put off stealing. Like others, this is fairly straightforward. Stealing is wrong. It is a sin. It needs to stop. It's, if it's something that you struggle with, I urge you to deal with it, to turn it over to God, to do some digging and find out why you were tempted to steal. Don't struggle with this any longer. Surrender it to God. And then number four. Number four, maybe... Maybe the thing that I struggle with the most, and I'll share with you why here in just a moment. Number four, put off unwholesome talk. Put off unwholesome talk. What is unwholesome talk? Well, Paul puts it this way. It's anything that comes out of our mouth which is not helpful for building others up according to their needs. I want you to listen to that again. It is anything that comes out of our mouth that is not for the benefit of building others up according to their need. It includes gossip, talking bad about other people behind their back, obscenities. It includes questionable jokes, whether it's because they're cruel or maybe racial it includes, and this is where I struggle, it includes sarcasm, which is generally unwholesome. It includes preoccupation with oneself, talking about yourself all the time. Those things are a sin. And one of the biggest struggles with this particular sin is in the straightforwardness of what Paul says. He says, let no unwholesome talk come out of you. Not Control it a little bit. Not it's okay from time to time. He says, let no un no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. And this is the standard he sets. None. None at all. And James talks about this as well. He talks about the idea of, of, of struggling with taming your tongue. And in chapter 3, of verse 6 of James, he says the tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Those are strong words, but those are true words. What we say to others reveal who we are. Of course, our actions speak, but it is our words that are our primary way of getting to know each other and showing what's in our heart. So how are you doing in this area? Are your words a source of life to others? Do they build them up? Do they benefit them? Or do those verses from James describe you a little bit better? James teaches us that no man can completely control his tongue. But that takes us back to true surrender to God and to allow God to give us victory and not trying to do it on our own. 
So put off unwholesome talk. Number five. He says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. And I love this verse. Remember the purpose of the Holy Spirit in your life. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. God gave you the Holy Spirit for a reason, for a purpose. Don't do anything that's going to hurt the Holy Spirit. And all of these things that he just listed are things that do that. But then in verse 32 through the rest, through the beginning of chapter 5, Paul lists a few more things. Read verse 31 with me. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Now, those are things that we have to deal with. And we're not going to, to go into great detail about them because Paul doesn't go into great deal about them. But he says, you need to put these things off. But then he says there's an alternative way to live. Once you put these things off, there's some things you need to put on. And he says, you need to make sure to be kind to be compassionate, to be forgiving, just as God forgave us in Christ. Be imitators of God because we are dearly loved children. And then he says, live a life of love just as Christ loved you and gave himself for you. I love how Paul ends this section, reminding us of our forgiveness in Christ and how incredibly loved we are by God. He reminds us that we are not just loved children, but dearly loved children, and that Jesus loves us enough to die for us. He calls us to live in holiness and to put off all these specific sins so that we can be free, so that we can live life to the full. All these sins, they harm us. They harm our relationships with one another. They harm our relationship with God. I prayed this week, that as we look at this passage of Scripture, that the Holy Spirit would be convicting each of us of whatever sin we may be struggling with, and that He would draw us into a place of repentance, of surrender, so that we could be free and empowered. We each need to take time to prayerfully examine our lives for the things that we need to put off, and then we need to repent of them. And I invite you to do that today. As we close in prayer here in just a moment, I encourage you to have a moment of self-reflection, to think of the things that you need to put off so that you can become kind, compassionate, forgiving, an imitator of God, and live life with love. Let's go to God in prayer. God, I thank you for this passage today that in one way is so challenging and so personal that it steps on our toes. It makes us think. It makes us uncomfortable because we don't like it when you shine a light on our shortcomings. We don't like it when you shine a light on our sins that we enjoy, that we try to hide from everyone and you make visible. But God, it is so powerful and the fact that we know that our sin as Christians, it does not enslave us. That you love us enough, that you loved us enough to send Jesus to die, to shed his blood, to be broken, to set us free. And I thank you for that reminder today, God, that we are free that we are pure in your sight, 
once the blood of Christ washes over us in baptism. Help us to never forget that. Help us to live a life of pureness and holiness in your sight. Thank you for all that you do for us, God. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. If this program has been beneficial to you, please consider subscribing on Apple Podcast or your favorite podcast provider. Also, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star review, which will greatly assist us in getting the message of God's love and salvation to others. We'd love even more for you to join us in person. We are located at 2309 9th Avenue in Haleyville, Alabama. Our Sunday worship services are at 10.30 a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. with Bible classes on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and Wednesday evenings at 6.30. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to join us again, and until then, remember, we are a Church of Christ caring for our community.